twisting with job passed by. They did the twist. Kaiser George and Los Straightjackets in their cover of Robert Parker's Twistin' Out in Space, the original of which we'll hear at the end of this podcast, which is 147, entitled Transcendence. Someone whom I love uh, recently took their own life, and in connection with this extraordinary and violent end of a long and much-loved life. It just came overwhelmingly to me that to deal with uh, human suffering on its own terms is impossible. That is to say, there is, I guess what we would call today, a no-win situation. You cannot deal with the human antagonist. That's the word with a capital A, which... H.G. Wells used in his last book. I recently tried to purchase that book somewhere from a wonderful person I know who owns the book, but because it was a limited edition when it came out very soon before Wells died, it's extremely expensive. I don't even remember the name, but in it, Wells um, describes with extreme um, power and reality the fact that life, qua the world, the flesh, and the devil, is the antagonist from which there is absolutely no way out, or rather to say that if you confront the antagonist, which is simply if you resist life and the sufferings of life and the checkmates of life, you cannot win. And Wells said this after a life of amazing productivity and thoughtfulness and worldly as well as artistic, as well as, I think, philosophical success. 
And so we have to take his uh, words very seriously as he came to the end of his life, notwithstanding the fact that at an earlier phase he had found a transcendent answer in the immediate um, horror of the imbecility of World War I. The only way out is transcendence, because if you resist with a capital R, the antagonist, you cannot win. And as I reflected on the death by this person's own hand, a person of great maturity and belovedness and many years and a large extended family and in a violent manner, in an inconceivably violent manner to anyone who might have actually stroked her cheek and known this person, it is so horrific and so impossible to get your, quote, head around, you can't do it, that the answer, which has always been the answer of religion when it is on the watch, the watch on the ride, when it is actually on the watch, when, as a man I know who writes about, writes wonderfully about uh, new DVD releases on the internet, I'll tell you who it is, it's uh, Glenn Erickson of the DV Savant site, when he talks about everybody needs a spiritual beacon, and without a spiritual beacon, we perish. We, we have nothing to go on. We, we simply cannot ultimately resist the um, bald logic. I was recently on Bald Mountain in Sun Valley, so the word came easily. The bald logic of self-slaughter. And many people take that way out. So I want to think a little bit about transcendence, and that's why I chose um, Robert Parker's song, Twisted Out in Space, because in fact, let me t tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm actually speaking here with a very, very, uh, um, with my tongue in my cheek, albeit I recognize the antagonist and don't take away a single uh, iota from what I've already tried to say. I'm a little bit tongue-in-cheek because in a way, the best option really would be outer space. You can see why the little green men have such a, uh, in the UFO, the beauty of the UFO rising over um, Country Lake west of Birmingham that is surrounded by gentle hills into a valley where a man-made lake has become a historic uh, center point for generations and generations of very well-meaning and faithful families. I, I saw the UFO rising over the lake, and I said, this is what the world needs. Now, bear with me. I'm going to read possibly my favorite quote. I sometimes think that this should be on one's gravestone, although I think it would... Um, it would cause one's children and grandchildren, not to mention one's uh, anybody who happened to go, such a kind of discomfiture that I won't do it. But this is, in fact, what I personally would want to put on my gravestone. Now, wouldn't you? Uh, listen to, to what this is. This is a quotation from an author named Dennis Saleh, S-A-L-E-H, who wrote this, um, golly, um, wrote these words. They were published in 1979. And ever since I read them, I've thought that this would be the transcendent truth of life that I would wish to put on my gravestone. As David gazes out the window one last time, writes Dennis Sala in this book, as David gazes out the window one last time, the whole drama is set in motion again, unendingly ringing in the mind. And this is the quote. By Salah. 
It is always the end of autumn on the hill. The spirit of a year has passed through. In the fall, school begins. You feel very young. The trees teach a lean lesson about paths in life. The atmosphere of the hill is heavy, pungent. Leaves are burning somewhere, even though there are Martians. Well, that uh, quote has always struck me as reflecting the truth of life because uh, all the beautiful picture of uh, the autumn, which Sala is actually uh, um, reflecting on in reference to a 1956 or 54 wonderful movie, which I've referred to in the cast of called Invaders from Mars, when there is a kind of uh, the uh, William Cameron Menzies, the Australian, uh, I think he was Australian, but um, the set designer and director created a set for that movie, Invaders from Mars, which is the sort of the classic fall, small-town America, 50s sort of backyard set, and it's extremely evocative, and all is well, and the pungent smell of burning leaves. Note, not uh, blowers. Um, the pungent smell of burning leaves is all around, even though there are Martians. The great thing about um, the song that Robert Parker I think, wrote, or he originally sang, which we'll hear in just a few minutes, called Twistin' Out in Space, is that um, the uh, instinctive message of the song is that uh, joy and uh, happiness and uh, movement uh, is in outer space. Venus had a party, invited Mars, Mars said to Neptune, you know, but there is an element of the transcendent message of the Martians, a battle in outer space and all outer space mythology, which is so wonderful. Uh, Forbidden Planet, just look at the, um, the paintings of the stars uh, against the opening uh, credits of uh, Forbidden Planet, and you have pure magic, pure transcendence. And what else is there? If you try to defeat the antagonist, well, human beings will commit suicide who are normal and perhaps secular. Even Christians will do so. Even believers of other faiths will do so. People are not immune from suicide, even the best and the most um, faithful and hopeful. And yet, there is really um, hope in this world. And I thought that the line, you may have heard it, John Glenn, da-da-da-da-da, Friendship 7. And I thought to myself, golly, you know, America named that very first orbiting craft, the Friendship 7. Now, I'm saying this on the eve of the closure of about 30 American embassies throughout the Middle East and the Islamic world, and a massive panic uh, that is, uh, the media would have you think, and it is, in fact, the case, which is first the chicken or the egg, that everyone is in a state of absolute panic who is traveling anywhere with an American passport or in connection with an American institution. The entire world is sort of coming to a gridlocked halt over a, quote, vague threat, which may, in fact, come to pass. I'm not passing judgment on that, but I thought to myself, you know, what uh, can you do in the face of a, of a world where uh, one country can cause the entire world to kind of come to a halt, like the day the earth stood still. But it's not uh, uh, Klaatu and Gort this time. 
It's ourselves. We cause the entire world to come to itself. Talk about the antagonist. What about the Edward Snowden phenomenon or the Bradley Manning phenomenon or the uh, the implications of the NSA? I don't want to pass judgment on that. There are many different opinions about that uh, subject. And the country seems to be, you know, 65 to 45 split at this moment could change tomorrow. That's not my point. My point is... Um, what do you do in a world where the entire place can come apart due to, quote, unspecified threats, true or not? Well, um, it's the antagonist. And the only answer to that is transcendence. Do you agree? I mean, do, do you? I mean, seriously, let me talk to you for a minute. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, you're talking to me. Well, I am. I'm, I'm actually talking to you personally. What do you make of all the checkmates in your life? What do you make of all the of the fact that your parents uh, got divorced late into their marriage or that uh, your mother died uh, in childbirth or that your uh, and you were the fruit and the instrument or that uh, your dad has gone to jail uh, or that um, your childhood home is burned down or that uh, your nest egg has been destroyed because it was invested in the wrong pension fund or that uh, a beautiful thing you planned to do for somebody backfired and was completely misunderstood and you wish you'd never done it. Or a gift you gave that was taken uh, the wrong way and actually set the relationship back. Or you're carrying some very poignant memory from the past that continues to wake you up, continues to wake you up, or you're alienated from someone whom you ought not to be alienated from. Or uh, you find yourself really uh, quite disillusioned about the whole character of everything you've ever done or been. Or you have a daughter who really doesn't like to talk to you and actively doesn't like you. She's giving you body language and other kinds of language that indicate that your very own daughter really would rather not sort of interact with you. Or you're living in a relationship with a retired man who is really not there at all. Or... Uh, you're beset by some habit that no one else knows about that is uh, really wrecking your life and has great potential. Or you wrestle with thoughts of suicide. Or you have a deep, dark financial secret. Um, but these are not um, exceptions. These are nicht ausnahme. You are actually in the field of the antagonist. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And no one gets out alive. No one's going to get out of here alive. I mean, is that Pink Floyd or somebody, somebody like that? Um, no one gets out of here alive. That is the case. And so transcendence seems right. But we do want to add a little P.S. I've been immersed in the novels of uh, Michael Waltari, and I think I have a post coming up on the Mockingbird site <coughs> about uh, Waltari. And this is not about Michael Waltari, but his... Uh, his novels are really uh, very hopeful. They are ex totally discursive um, stories with complete surprises. I mean, nothing ever happens according to plan. They are long life narratives of individual people, usually in uh, foreign times, like uh, the Ottoman Empire of the 16th century or ancient Rome with the early Christians or uh, Etruscan life in the 6th century or uh, 4th century BC or... Egypt under the Pharaoh Akhenaten or the Knights of Malta. And you, um, these stories uh, never go where you think they're going to go because life never does. All of a sudden, somebody pops back into somebody else's life after 30 years and wrecks everything. Um, and uh, 
Christians who are wonderful, fabulous leaders, humble, humble people with real wisdom and insight as well, have a terrible relapse in their mid-50s to some ancient woman, man, habit, uh, disturbing trend in their own psychology and lose everything. And yet, and yet, in all of Waltari's novels, there is the sense that by the sheer description of it, there is a pattern. It's hard to see. It's hard to uh, note. It's uh, not at all um, uh, kind of an equality of vision. That is to say, it's no tit for tat, quid pro quo. There's no way of saying that one thing will lead to another. But all of his characters, or almost all of them, finally find a way forward. And it's really through God because there is a spiritual vision, whether you want to call it um, um, uh, uh, Egyptian um, monotheism under Akhenaten, or whether it's the early gospel of Jesus of Nazareth for um, Marcus Mezentius Maximilianus, the hero of, um, of the secret of the kingdom, and to some extent the Roman. George is at work. And so when Robert Parker sings about uh, the American ambassador to the Martians, which is John Glenn's Friendship 7, he's saying something really wonderful. He's not only saying something, uh, pointing out something that was wonderful before he ever sang it, that America actually, uh, our country, this country, named um, this, christened this craft, the Friendship 7. I mean, what a wonderful way to approach the stars as opposed to, you know, Operation Desert Storm or Prism or you know, uh, maximum overthrow. I mean, these astonishing names that these NSA programs apparently were given, baptized with, that are unbelievably alienating and intrusively active. And all the names are, they're not, they're not pussycats, not pussycats. And here we have uh, our country sending out the Friendship 7. Well, I'm going to give you the original recording of, uh, of Twisting Out in Space, I saw Robert Parker once. Uh, I actually saw him in concert at the Howard Theater. David Ignatius and I actually saw him on the same show James Brown performed and the Famous Flames and Sam and Dave and Percy Sledge. I mean, it was a massive uh, uh lineup of great soul artists and we were privileged on a Saturday afternoon to sit in the balcony. We felt a little, um, we didn't feel entirely welcome there at that time and we sat in the balcony and just loved it. But out came Robert Parker and of course at that point he kicked off his loafers and sang uh, barefoot. But little did I know that he would uh, make a hymn to the transcendent character of the ultimate answer to human life, which is rooted in the friendship of the transcender or of the transcendent. And that this is why I think it's legitimate to really um, consider whether Christianity has a universal message, because Christianity simply says that God, who is behind the enigma of the antagonistic wall, the kryptonite wall of human obfuscation and impossibility, which leads, generally speaking, to self-slaughter or thoughts of self-slaughter, and in any event, to universal termination of the human ego, that that, whatever lies behind, what lies beneath, what lies above, and what lies beyond, is friendship. And that is the great message of the Christian insight, that God is George. 
Thank you very much. And here's Robert Parker. Way up in Arbor, they heard a man say, John Glenn is heading out of the way. Friendship 7 is on track number 5. I want to be twisting when John passed by. They did the twist. Way out of space. 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 Venus gave a twisting party. Way out of space. She invited Pluto. The twist the night away. Pluto invited Mars. Mars invited Neptune. Neptune invited Jupiter. And Jupiter invited the moon. They did the twist. Way out of space. 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 Way up there, they had a jubilee. The jockey folks, they had a jamboree. They were drinking cider from a old tin cup. They felt so good, they got all shook up. They did the twist. Way out of space. They did the twist. Way out of space. They did the twist. Way out of space. They did the twist. Twisting when John passed by, they did the twist. Way out of space, 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 they did the twist. 